We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joining as always my co-host Nick Villato. Tonight we're here to recap the Giants' 31-19 road victory over the Washington Commanders. I keep thinking to call them the football team. That's what I like to call them. In week 11, what is it? Week 11 takes the Giants to 3-8. and eight. Uh, Nick, what are some of your initial reactions from the Giants' win tonight? Tommy DeVito, man. Talk about throwing with the anticipation. That dig route. Darius Slayton was absolutely beautiful. He had some dimes to Saquon Barkley. We got to see Saquon Barkley used vertically down the football field. Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito, whatever you want to call him, he's slinging it around the yard. And then the defense, bro. It was a defensive effort. I want to talk a little bit about the adjustments. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit in the All-22 more than maybe right now. But there were some really nice adjustments that the Giants made offensively to spring their rushing attack. Because, Dan, they didn't have any rushing yards until the end of the third quarter when Saquon Barkley rushed for, what was it, 36, 37 yards. And what they did was they started running G lead, pulling Justin Pugh as a lead blocker along with John Michael Schmitz. And you should have saw those two getting on the run together, just clearing out bodies off the edge. You give Saquon Barkley a crease, he hits that crease, and he's gone. And again, I want to apologize up front for my audio quality. I'm still waiting on a microphone. I'm back here in New Jersey right now, so I'm just using the internal mic on my MacBook, so it's going to be a little shitty. Yeah, the mic might not might not be great for my end either for this one, unfortunately, but we'll fight through it. It was an interesting game, Nick. The commanders outgained the Giants in first downs by almost double, or no, by double, 28 to 13, which was big. Total net yards, they had 403, the Giants had 20, uh, 292. They had more rushing yards, 174 to 91, more passing yards, and a greater time of possession. But of course, they turned the ball over six times in this game, the Washington wow. commanders. They essentially gave the game, handed it over to the Giants uh, in this one. Sam Howell, some things that stand out. Tommy DeVito, obviously, as you touched on first, had some really nice throws in this game. The Giants threw for 200, what, 46 passing yards with DeVito. Uh, obviously, the net yards take some sacks off. He had 9.4 yards per attempt, which is insanely high yards per attempt. Nick, also, in this game, Tommy DeVito became the first Giants quarterback to throw three touchdown passes or more in a football game since December of 2019 also against the Washington football team. That was four years ago, almost a full four years ago, that the Giants had a quarterback throw for three passing touchdowns or more. So, you know, obviously that was great just to get the ball in the end zone through the air. Uh, one of those touchdown passes, I guess, you know, some are, you know, it's fair. Some was an easier one, that Barkley one, still a touchdown pass. And the two other ones are really pretty nice, honestly. 
And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. There was other things I want to get to. I want to get to the Howell side of this because I really do honestly feel Nick like the Giants just have this mental edge, Wink Martindale specifically over um oh, oh, over Sam Howell. But actually, why don't you dive into this real quick? I'm looking for Brian Dable's quotes on Tommy DeVito after the game. So I thought he had some interesting quotes about his um his timing in the passing game, but I'm looking for that now and I didn't find it where I thought I would, Nick. So why don't you jump in if you can? Oh, yeah. I mean, we have one quote from Brian Dable where they asked him how much Tommy DeVito grew when he was like, oh, his height remains the same. And I was just like, <laughs> dad joke from Brian Dable. I absolutely love it. Now, it's cool, man, that the um, the Paisan, the fellow Paisans out there just slinging, living his childhood dream, eating. What is it? Uh, what is the subs that he likes? I know he, he mentioned it before the game. Like it's vodka a chicken sauce. vodka he likes. So this is a classic sub in New Jersey. It's actually really good. Oh, place yeah. that we used to that place uh in in uh, morristown i think we've gone to a few times marie's italian specialties unfortunately it shut down but she was on the uh food network and one of her big things was the chicken vodka it's getting more popular now essentially it's just a chicken parm but with vodka sauce instead of um marinara and it's great obviously just put vodka sauce and that's going to be better um i think hers might have prosciutto on it though if you you know one major trick these italian sandwiches nick is you get a chicken cutlet sandwich you get your mozzarella, you get your moats, you get your maybe roasted red peppers, you maybe get um, some other things like that, a balsamic glaze, but make sure you throw on a couple slices of prosciutto because it changes everything when you put the prosciutto on. So it's just a game changer. I've been doing that since like, I've been doing that since like 2013. Like now I see it popular in a lot of places, people throwing on prosciutto, but back in like 2015, when I went to uh, Marie's Italian or uh, Tuto Fresco, I'm mean, I just got it mixed up. Tuto's Fres Fresco and Livingston, shout out for those who know, if you know, you know, Still to this day, probably the best Italian deli in New Jersey, underrated out of her own house. She was doing it. She was kind of like the soup Nazi too. She'd get real like pissy with the people in line and you better have your order ready, which I loved about her. But when I first came there, I asked her for a number sandwich. It was seven. Usually just have your order ready, Nick. And that's it. You better have it ready. I asked her for a number seven. I said, can I do a little change? And I knew that was risky to even ask with someone like or someone, her name was Marie. And she, she gave me a look and I said, and I throw a little pursuit on that. And back in 2013, when I originated that, Nick, I don't want to say I originated it, actually, but I want to say that I was one of the pioneers of putting pursuit on a chicken cutlet sandwich, mozzarella, roasted red peppers, whatever the normal stuff you see on it. Throw a little pursuit on it. And if you were the trailblazer of putting pursuit on an Italian sandwich, you were the Greg Odom of trailblazers. Okay, You were not the Damian Lillard. You were not the CJ McCollum. <laughs> no, I don't want to say I originated it, but I was one of the first people to see popularize it. But Anyway, Nick, I don't know, but that was the time DeVito sandwich. It's where we got there as I'm searching for uh, some yeah. quotes. But yeah, go ahead. Since we're talking about food right now, another aspect of this game, and I'm sure we'll get into this throughout the week, is the peanut punch, bro. Holy crap. Bobby Okereke had two of them, and I think one, uh, Brian Robinson's, uh, was not recovered by the defense. But then Cordell Flott, too. Cordell Flott's not necessarily someone you think is going to come in and, and add that type of uh, physicality to the game, right? Because this dude was like 170 pounds when he was drafted. That was such a precise punch on Logan Thomas. Ball just squirted out, man. Like we said, six turnovers in this game. You know how many – when's the last time we've seen a six-turnover game? Like a six-sack game is incredible. Yeah. And the Giants had suffered, suffered nine sacks. They had four sacks in this game. And according to Kenny Albert, who said it like three or four times on the broadcast, this is the first time in New York Giants history that they won a football game while suffering eight or more sacks in that football game. That's just kind of crazy. That's what I thought overall about this game. If I had my primary takeaway, that's not just necessarily the film, is this was just a weird game, like a very weird statistical game. Like it was anomalous in a lot of ways, like, Turning the football over six times, like you think they would kill him, 
But then at the same time, Washington had nine sacks and Washington still right. had a chance to win this football game. But it doesn't look like that when you when you view the scoreboard because the last play of the game was a pick six by Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, it's a, it was one of those weird games. It just feels, Nick, like no matter what the Giants own or in some ways just have the edge mentally over this Washington football team, at least as it stands today. The, unfortunately for the Giants' sake, this will be the end of, I think, at least not this week or anything. I don't think they need to. I think they can wait till the offseason. But this will be the end of the Ron Rivera era in Washington, which I knew would be a failure from the start personally, if you ask me. I was just not a big, big believer in Riverboat Ron from the start. Um, and I don't think he's done a good job keeping the right coordinators in there. I mean, Jack Del Rio still has a job. Can you think of a worse defense than the one we saw these this today and in that first week? And But, you know, it's just interesting to see the Giants have such an edge over a team like this in an era where the Giants have been so bad against so many other teams, yet against Washington, they seem to come out on top, even with Tommy DeVito as the starter. You brought up the the edge with Wink Martindale over the offense, and I think that's true, right? But I also think it's Mike Kafka and Brian Dable against Jack Del Rio. And we yeah. applauded Jack Del Rio last year for some of his game plans, and I felt like those game plans were good. But this season, the, the Giants, both games, and I know they only scored 14 points in the first matchup in Week 7, but remember, they had the Sterling Shepard fumbled punt. They had the Saquon Barkley fumble, which never happens. In this game, you saw just Mike Kafka manipulate the pattern match or the pattern match coverage of Jack Del Rio, like just with simple like mesh concepts and things like that, like the touchdown, the second one to Saquon Barkley, that's a beautiful play yeah. design. They just ran mesh and they knew Jamin Davis was going to be latched on to Saquon Barkley. So they ran Isaiah Hodgins and they ran Paris Campbell right at Jamin Davis, forced Jamin Davis to flow over the top. Saquon Barkley then just went right to the flat and Cameron Curl, very smart player. He recognized this instantaneously, but he was on the outside to the other side of where Saquon Barkley was releasing and he got right to the near hip. But Tommy DeVito, man, he he kind of changed his arm slot a little bit, it appeared like, and just whipped the ball right to the outside shoulder of Saquon Barkley, allowing him to dive into the end zone. That's just a good play call in that situation against a team that runs a lot of match, a team that runs a lot of man coverage. And every time the Giants caught them in match or man coverage, they wanted to use Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley just exploited that defense all game, all last game too. Jamin Davis is what? Over three now against Saquon Barkley. He had the long touchdown in week seven. He had the running back wheel touchdown in this game. And then if you want to also say he had the one by the goal line too. That was Jamin Davis's assignment, but it was just excellent X's and O's from the Giants to put points on the board, which is something that they struggled to do all season. And that's the thing about this game, Nick. You know, it's it's there's different ways to look at it. And obviously, you know, if you look at most things the way I look at things, Nick, which is I still want to keep in mind the 30,000 foot view, which is, you know, where am I going long term, especially in a two and eight or three and eight season? And if you look at it from that standpoint, obviously today's win by the Giants is, is hard to be considered a win for them if it takes them out of consideration for potentially what I would deem to be, if they are that, a franchise altering type of quarterback. But at the same time, there are positives to take away from a game like this. And to me, it's not necessarily the, uh, you know, Brian Dable, is he, you know, proving to us he can he can get the steam on track and, and win these games. To me, it's more so along the lines of there were people legitimately questioning, fans, media, if Brian Dable and Mike Kafka were the right guys for this franchise moving forward, if they were guys who could scheme open offense, if they were guys who could generate points in any kind of production, Despite the fact that no one seemed to realize that the situation was unbelievably bad with a third string quarterback who didn't have a lot of reps. And I think today 
people saw that after only a few weeks, they were able to generate this really good offensive game plan with a guy now that they felt like, okay, we have more reps for him. He has another full week of practice. He has more time to get on the same page with the receivers. There are some checks that he might be able to operate in this game now. And like you said, they outmatched El Rio in this game. They pretty much proved without a stat shadow of the doubt that they can still come up with a game plan, Kafka and Dable, that can dominate their opponent from a schematic standpoint and from the chess match standpoint of the game. Because let's be honest from a st this standpoint, the Giants are still outmatched. I know Tommy DeVito played a good game today. Tommy DeVito also left a lot of plays on the field, yes. and we know that. Big yards. big. We're going to see it when we watch the film, Nick. This could have been another 150-type yards from Giants offense, and that's a credit to Mike Kafka. That's a credit to Brian Dable. After the game, Brian Dable said, look, there's some good stuff that Tommy DeVito did. He said he made some good plays, but it didn't take him long to then say, I thought Mike Kafka called a good game. There were some wide-open guys. Yeah, there were some wide-open guys in this game, and the Giants' separation stats this year are pretty good. And the film, as Nick and I have been trying to tell you guys and those who watch have seen it, has been pretty good from a schematic standpoint for the most part from this offense. And yet the production wasn't there in recent weeks. And that's fair, Nick. I can understand why fans will turn off from that. I understand why fans will need the proof to come along. Like, you know, the process is there. Maybe, you know, Nick and Dan are telling us that they still know how to scheme offense. They still know how to outcoach an opponent. But let's see it actually show up. And I was a little worried it wouldn't, Nick. I'll be honest, because of Tommy DeVito, if I'm just being honest. And I still am a little bit worried about Tommy DeVito, if I'm going to be completely honest, long-term and short-term as well against the Bill Belichick defense. Let's be clear about that. But today was proof to me that the coaches can still figure this thing out with, in my opinion, a Dak stacked way against them. And Dak we've also seen, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dak. a Dak Prescott stacked way against them. No. <laughs> and we, well, now let's also look at this, you know, full context. Washington's defense sucks, right? So that is something. I'm not taking anything away from DeVito because I think it's important to note that Tommy DeVito, every week it seems like we're seeing an incremental progression in his game and he's making throws that are impressive now i've seen daniel jones make that throw to darius slayton before we praise daniel jones for making that throw but maybe not consistent enough and that was a third and 13 play i think that's a very important play i can't wait to see the all 22 on it but yeah. the important part of it was a the pocket was really clean for tommy devito but daniel bellinger was sitting about maybe six yards in front of the sticks hands to tom vito wide Tommy DeVito, a lot of young quarterbacks, a lot of just quarterbacks in general would have just been like, ah, shit, you know, let me check this football down. Maybe Bellinger can get the first down. And then it sets up like a fourth and three. And then you could either punt or what have you. He didn't. He waited for Darius Slayton. And that window was tight, too. That was a tight window. And he threw with anticipation, hit Darius Slayton in stride, first down, next play, Saquon Barkley touchdown. That's how you start to win football games. When you start to make those plays, like, yes, there is a read that I can go to right now, but I have a clean pocket. Let me keep my eyes downfield. I think Darius Slayton is going to come open into that void right there, into that tight void in between those own covering defenders. And that's exactly what happened. I love that, dude. Another thing I wanted to mention, just because we're talking about the offense, we saw the Daniel Bellinger play again, the fullback leak yep. out. That's the second time we've seen this in the right. Like, had a little bit better ball placement. I think that could have been a walk-in touchdown for Daniel Bellinger. Yes. No offense, yes. Tommy DeVito. Yeah, no, well, again, Tommy DeVito played phenomenally in this Pretty game because he's an undrafted free agent. He yes. left a lot out there. There were times where there were clean pockets and there were open receivers, and DeVito didn't pull the trigger. But you know what's going to happen sometimes? Yeah. I have no, you, nothing good words to say about Tommy DeVito right now as an undrafted kid, but we're not going to sit here and act like it was a Joe Montana performance either. Yeah. Yeah, of course not. We're not we're not here to do that. But we are here to say that look, this is a quarterback who was a UDFA 
third string, which means I don't think everybody really grasps. And I, I know some people do, so I'm not trying to put people in buckets. I don't know if everybody really grasps just how difficult a task it is to be a third string guy and start games in, a, in an NFL season, because, you know, these are not, you're not getting many reps in training camp. You're not getting many reps outside of preseason games that you get a little bit of play in. And then during the week before the injuries started to happen at Jones and Tyrod, you're getting nothing. You're on the practice squad and you're not really getting that rapport down with these receivers, getting the timing down, offensive line checks, things of that nature. And then in their mind, they culminated it by getting him to a point today where he could actually operate an offense, Nick. And like you said, there wasn't much rushing in the first half. There was rushing in the second half. There wasn't much rushing success or attempts in the first half. They got him to a point where they felt comfortable in this game, Nick, against this defense, of course, which they felt like they could have some schematic mismatches, which were on Kafka and Dable to figure out, by the way. And they did a damn good job of figuring them out. But they felt comfortable, dude, having a pass-first approach in this game having a pass first game plan for Tommy DeVito, which says a lot to me about, you know, the confidence they already have in this kid's ability to pick this stuff up fast. They said, you know, uh, you know, they asked Brian Dable how they were able to get this kind of performance out of DeVito and, you know, reference the Jets game. He's like, look, the Jets game was different. We're playing it a certain way. And he's made progress to this point now, which is basically him telling us, I believe, Nick, that he believes that he's pro progressed to a point where they can put more on his plate. So he says, time put the work in, takes all 11 guys, whatever. He says, we've still got a ways to go here, but he's got the right mindset. And I think the players have confidence in him, which is interesting because he's their third quarterback. Um, and there was something else I had here that I was looking at the wrong quote here. Um, here's the thing he said that I thought was interesting. He said, he's a really instinctive player which is hard to coach too. He said, even in that first third down, the one that you were referencing, Nick, the one to Slayton he said, even in that first thrown down uh, throw on third and 13, he hit Slayton. If you go back and you watch it, he gave a little pump fake to get it open, to, uh, to get it to open up the window. You know, he had another big one. He had an opportunity at the end of the two minute to keep the drive going. We just didn't finish, but he did some good stuff. Um, so yeah, we started to see things that you even mentioned earlier, Nick, which is a little bit of anticipation, anticipatory throwing within his game, Tommy DeVito, you know, Arm talent that I still think is 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 not amazing, but better. It's it's looking better. You know, the more you watch him do things like you mentioned, like change his arm slot a little in the red zone and get a ball out through through a different uh, you know trajectory, or you know stick that ball in the window you discussed earlier. You start to be like, you know what, the arm talent isn't amazing. Let's be honest, he's not the biggest dude, but it's passable looking at times. So I thought it was a really interesting game from him. And I also wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about Sam Howell, who gave a lot of credit to the Giants defense after the game. And in my opinion, you know, such a weird spot Washington's in with Howell because he looks so good basically every week, but the Giants games, <laughs> he's had a couple others that, that have been stinkers, but it's been very concentrated with just Wink Martindale has his number. Um, do you think there was, uh, we'll watch the tape and get a better idea, but just from the broadcast, do you feel like there was anything specifically that they did to kind of really rattle Sam Howell in this one? Because I felt like he was pretty rattled. Anything specifically other than just bringing the blitzes? There yeah. were plays where Sam Howell actually did a good job avoiding the blitz. Like mm -hmm. the one interception where, I don't know if you guys are hear furnace in the background, apologies for that if you can, but the one, the one interception where Dexter Lawrence hit his hand and the ball popped up in the air, Darnay Holmes ended up coming down with it. He was avoiding Jason Pinnock coming off the edge, so he diagnosed the fact that the blitz was coming from the opposite side, rolled out towards receivers, and I don't know if he would have completed the pass if Dexter Lawrence didn't hit his hand, but I think that offensive line probably doesn't do him a lot of favors either. Like There's a lot of uh, pressure on him. Dexter Lawrence, it doesn't matter who 
Washington is putting out there. Dexter Lawrence is running right through all of them. Kayvon Thibodeau, for whatever reason, and Kayvon Thibodeau is, is really blossoming in front of our eyes at the two slow games, but a lot of that was yep. also just because, you know, the Giants – or the Giants opponents didn't really need to throw the football with the Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys all that often, or when they did, it was really, really quick getting the football out of their hands. But I guess Washington, man, even last season, he just dominates. And he had a yeah. hell of a second half against Charles Leno and just a lot of this game. And he had one play on Brian Robinson that might have been a touchdown, set the edge, bounced outside, tracked him down, and tackled him by the ankles. Just came on Thibodeau, I can't say enough good words about him one more thing on Tommy DeVito before we start talking about the defensive effort sure. though too man is like he was spreading the football it wasn't just it, I'm not going to target Wanda Robinson gonna, no he right. was targeting Isaiah Hodgins Jalen Hyatt Sterling Shepard yep. Matt Breida Saquon Bar- so it was great to see that I think the overall game plan though both times when the Giants played Washington on offense was we are going to exploit the second level in coverage Jamin yes. Davis was drafted by Washington to be an athletic coverage type of linebacker, or at least that's how a lot of people perceived him. He cannot cover Saquon Barkley. Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley has won this matchup in both of these games to the tune of what 21 points now. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Yeah. And that, you know, that touchdown pass, the, the first touchdown pass to Saquon, just absolutely awesome stuff there uh, from Tommy DeVito. And look, we have Wandale clearing out too, which yep. held that safety. And then the safety had to work through the Wandale Robinson clear out. That's, That's good clear. X's and O's yeah. right there, man. Yeah, it's perfect X's and O's. It's a natural pick that you're creating. It's a lot of the things you said we've been talking about that now. This is the part I love, Nick, because you know, there are sec people who have been second guessing do we have the guys from the scheme schematic standpoint, right? Like are Brian Dable and Kafka even giving the Giants an edge? We've been gung, you know, we've been pretty steadfast in believing they have, and some of the issues have been related out, uh, you know related to other components that have gone wrong with this offense. They felt like a really good barometer and, you know, a good, I'm trying to think of the word here, but like, like I said, example of, you know, reassurance on that front, at least for me, Nick, um, just like you mentioned on that route, it'll be exciting to like, this is the thing, Nick. Yes. As I mentioned, there are good things that come from this game. The good news is, you know, they win, you know, it's not one of those fully brutal tank seasons in the locker room. They win back the trust of people, I believe, as, as schemers. And also the good news, at least in my opinion, is you can start to see some more of the progress for things like is the offensive line playing a little bit better. At times they were today. Yes, people are going to reference that nine sack number, Nick. But let's be honest, a lot of those sacks are because of DeVito. Let's be completely honest about the situation. DeVito's not processing. He's still a third. You know, that's in play. Doesn't have that many reps. UDFA rookie. The processing is going to take some time here. We're going to have a lot of quarterback sacks in this offense. And this is probably also a good wake-up call, by the way, Nick, for the fans who haven't really been able to recognize and process when people like Dan Orlovsky or us or anyone who really has broken down the film has been like, yeah, quote me on the sack number with Daniel Jones, but also let's watch the tape and see if some of those sacks were on the quarterback. And this is kind of going to give everybody, I think, a good fresh, you know, a good reset to understand maybe or start to come to terms with the idea that not all sacks are on the offensive line in football. Some sacks are on the quarterback, and it's something important that I think we really need to get more in the mainstream. And I, and so when I hear this nine sack number, Nick, I'm not really as cons- I'm not really looking at it like, oh my god, the Giants' offensive line played horrific today because they didn't, right? No, no, they didn't play horrific. It wasn't their best outing. The Giants' no, it wasn't amazing. We, we don't get best outings out of this group. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of holding on to the football from from Tommy DeVito. There was good and there was bad. One more thing on the offense I want to bring up is, man, Saquon Barkley is really making 
a name for himself to remain a New York Giant for life. That's what he wants. We know that's what John Mara wants. I don't know if that's what Joe Shane wants. If, if I'm a betting man, I would imagine it's probably no. But this dude is putting a two-win team on his back before this game, doing everything he can with no long-term contract, showing immense leadership throughout the week, saying all the right things. It's hard to sit there and look at Saquon Barkley and think, yeah, he's not going to be a New York Giant next season. Like they're they're going to come to a deal. That, like I'm sitting here, I know it's like mid-November, and I'm saying this, but that's just what my gut is telling me right now. Would you agree with that, Dan? I think my gut is telling me they won't they won't resign him. Interesting, but I'm not totally sure on it. And I just don't see why they wouldn't have just gotten it done last year if they're going to get it done this year. But maybe. You know, it, it it's still it's so interesting because a lot I think depends on how they finish the season, right? Like if they win a lot more games, well, let's just say not a lot. Let's say they beat the Patriots, a team they could easily beat this next week. Let's say the Rams look good today. If Safford's healthy, I think they're going to struggle with the Rams. Um, but let's say they beat the Packers too. Is there any other games left on the schedule they could potentially win? Uh, Saints. The Saints, but I don't think they're going to win. Oh, the Saints, New let's, say, let's say they win two games more. They get to five, five wins on the season. I think that probably puts them out of contention for definitely the, it'll put them out of contention for the top two quarterbacks. And, that, and then it becomes a, a game of, you know, do we deem any of these other quarterbacks worthy of a first round pick? Or do we want to just fire a second, third or fourth round pick at the position? In which case, I think they're kind of running back with Jones. And in that scenario, I think it, is more likely they resign Barkley. I think, I think if they go the scenario, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I don't think it's all contingent on this, but I'm just kind of spitballing right now. If Eric Gray showed them anything this season and he was sure. a part of this offense, I think that would give them maybe somewhat of a, a better feeling about parting ways. But I also think it's more than just football. Like I said, I don't know if Joe yeah. Shane wants to. The impact that Saquon Barkley has in that locker room and the culture of the New York Giants, that's separate from what he does on the field, which we all know is, is really good. I think they're going to come to some sort of deal, like something similar to like a Jonathan Taylor type deal. It's not going to be anything like super crazy, but it's going to be like, look, we want you to be here. You're not resetting the market, but come be here. We respect you. You respect us. Be a New York Giant for life. And there will be something like that. But again, I, I don't know if that's the best thing for the future either. It's uh, it's an interesting situation is what I'll say. Yeah. And I also find it interesting just from the standpoint of how you know, much Saquon Barkley really loves this franchise and wants to be part of this franchise. Like, you know, he, he's still pretty gung ho on this idea that like, you know, even said it this week, he's like, I, and he was right about this. He's like, this was one of our best weeks of practice. And you know, you always hear that. And it's like the common thing. I hear this a lot. I'm part of my take. Like big cat always says like, um, Oh, it's the classic in a bad season. You'll hear, we had a great practice week. I don't know what happened on the field, but like this time it did carry over, right? Good practice, great practice week. And they played great on offense on the field as well. But you hear Saquon Barkley speak to the media week in and week out. And he's just so seemingly set on wanting to be a giant for life. And like, you know, yeah, it's amazing to me that he still has that stance from a franchise that didn't give him the long-term deal this offseason that has lost every year but one since he's been here and lost in awful ways with like brutally bad seasons. And yet he still wants to be here for life. And it just shows a crazy level of pride. And maybe it's, you know, just a just a matter of he loves playing for the New York Giants and he always wanted to play for the New York Giants and he loves John Mara. These are all factors that could play in it. But, you know, you have a, 
superstar player who wants to play for your team, which is definitely a great sign. Obviously, you know, we can look into the financials of that and the long-term ramifications of signing a player who's a 26, going to be what, 26 year old running back coming off a lot of injuries, but you know, that's not for here and there. That's for, it's for later in the off season, I would say, Nick, but, um, it is interesting to see, and it is uh, definitely from my standpoint, I'm just shocked at how much he wants to be a giant, given what the Giants have given to him. You know, the Giants have not given him much since they drafted him. They haven't given him an offensive line to block. They haven't given him wins. They haven't given him much, but they haven't given him the contract, but yet he really wants to be here. So good for the Giants. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Though this season has been rough, gross, disgusting, and of course, disappointing. But I find solace through Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. I just pick two to six players, stat projections, select more or less on those projections, and I watch the winnings roll in. It's simple, easy, fun, and their flex play options allow you to win on, say, two out of three selections instead of all three. I choose this option often because I'm a coward. You can be a coward too and capitalize on a higher probability to win. And now with basketball season here, you can select pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. Let's bank on that. Plus, PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. One of the many reasons why they've earned the tagline, Daily Fantasy Sports Made easy so please go to prizepicks.com slash banter and use code banter for a first 
deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash banter and use the code banter for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. There are few things better in the world than kicking back, watching some football, and biting into some delicious Little Caesars pizza. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Old world pepperoni, pepperoni, extra cheese, Italian sausage, olives, onions, pineapple if you're into that. Put it on half the pie, the entire pie. There are so many other options that I don't have time to name. Slap that on a round crust, a thin crust, a stuffed crust, a Detroit style deep dish. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, Everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Nick, you ever been in the spot where you just felt like, I've got a few hours to go. I'm going to this game. I'm buying tickets. I don't have the tickets yet. You're stressing. The anxiety is at an all-time high. You're trying to figure out what the heck you can do to get to this game. That happened to me a few years ago when the Wisconsin Badgers made the Sweet 16 game in the Madison Square Garden. My dad, diehard Badgers fan, the reason I went to Wisconsin, the reason I am a Badgers fan, I needed to get him tickets for that game. It was his birthday. So I'm stressing. I don't know what to do. And then, boom, I figure it out. I use the Game Time app. The Game Time app is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and anything near you. They got killer deals, last-minute tickets. You click open the app, and you're shocked to see that you can actually go to these games having a good time and not actually have to pay so much money that it breaks your bank account. Stanley Cup final week one this past season. I used the game time app last second. It was actually past the time of puck drop. Went on the app. I was in Vegas, saw the Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Florida Panthers. And I also used the game time app to buy my entire family when they came out here to Phoenix to visit me to see Tom Segura's special, which is actually the same special Netflix used for their videotapings. And I love it because you can find so much on the app. Like you get an actual image of the seat view, not like you're buying a seat with an obstructed view. It's an actual image. You know what you're getting. Lowest prices that I've seen by far, and that's their guarantee. You get event event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They go all out here to make sure that this is a great experience for the user. Snag the tickets without the stress of, with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code BANTER. That's B-A-N-T-E-R for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code BANTER. B-A-N-T-E-R for $20 off. Down- We have some supers we're going to get to. Tenacity47, thank you so much for the donation. It says, impossible 
to watch a game and not think that we are a quarterback away from being real contenders. DeVito was good, held the ball a little long. Elite quarterback would help the line even more. Yes, the elite quarterback would certainly help the offensive line that much more. Thank you, Tenacity47. I think the Giants get, say the Giants just landed a CJ Stroud next year in the draft or something. I think they would be contenders. I still think there are parts of the roster that need to um, definitely be upgraded still for them to be that certain contender. But they could be a team like the Texans are right now for sure. Maybe even a little bit better because the Giants have some pieces that the yeah. Texans don't even have, like a star defensive tackle. And they have the star left tackle. Budding Blair, star edge too. A budding star edge. I think Deontay Banks with another year under his belt, he could take another step. Although next year the Giants might not have a Dory Jackson. Hopefully Cordell Flock can settle in as a, as a starting outside cornerback. That would be a dream scenario. And another group that we talk about a lot on this podcast is the linebacker duo, man. Like Okereke and McFadden again in this game, flying around, bro, making crazy tackles, both double-digit in tackles, bro. Yeah, it was, uh, I think led all, led all NFL players in tackles this week, if I'm not mistaken, or at least during the 1 p.m. game. And throw that back up real quick. Thank you, Tenacity, for the donation. And, yeah, I agree with you. I feel this way strongly as well, that it is impossible for me to watch this game and not think the Giants are – a quarterback away from being true serious contenders because they have in my mind the two often they have the offensive minds to scheme guys open. I believe they have talent at receiver. I think it showed today. Obviously, I believe they have talent at running back. That's obvious to anyone who watches this game, and they have an elite left tackle. So I don't really think they're that far away. Like you said, Devito was good, but he held the ball a lot. He left plays on the field, which Nick and I discussed. Elite quarterback would help the line even more. Elite quarterback wouldn't maybe necessarily miss some of those throws. No, um, I would like a elite receiving threat like a Darren Waller being back would would help you know hopefully the yeah. Giants get that next year and he's actually healthy I liked what I saw from Wandale today I know it wasn't a yeah, Wandale looks good man but dude he is like really strong yeah like he was bouncing he knocked he knocked some safety on his ass near the sidelines and I'm like oh shit Wandale Robinson yeah. doing doing the Lord's work out here John I got Brandon, a big I got a big stat I want to get to that I, I didn't get a chance to before we get to the next super chat and thank you for those who are donating in the super chat remember for those listening in um on podcast or if you're watching for the first time if you want to uh talk to us a little bit during these after shows you can just uh send in a question via the super chat and we will read all of them but i did want to bring up the stat came on thibodeau in this game who you know just three short weeks ago was called a bust by these wfan hosts i keep forgetting their name sal lakata and some other guy that i don't really care about or listen to but no offense but I guess that's impossible to say. No offense, after that was a pretty offensive thing to say. But <laughs> these guys, but um, they you know they're calling him a bust. This guy's a bust. This guy's a bust. How about this for a bust, Kayvon Thibodeau? He just became the ninth player in NFL history with ten sacks in his first eleven games at age twenty-two or younger. I mean, this is nine history of the league. Here are the here are the people he's on the list with: Nick, Leslie O'Neill, Derek Thomas, Julius Peppers, Von Miller, Jason Pierre-Paul. Yannick Ngwakwe, one of the Boses, I'm assuming that's Joey, Miles Garrett, and now Kayvon Thibodeau. This is the list of people he's on as he becomes the ninth player in the history of football to have 10-plus sacks in his first 11 games at age 22 or younger. I mean, what the hell are we doing here calling a guy like this a bust? It's insanity, dude. These guys are like, what? what? This is just like, how bad of a take could this have possibly been for these guys? It's just a spiraling bad take for these people, but I yeah. digress. It didn't age well. The take didn't no. age well. You know, when you make a take that bold in the New York yeah. market, and then on the first drive after that take, he comes away with a strip oh, sack fumble. 
Oh man, poetic justice though. To be honest, dude. Somewhere Tupac smiling. All right. John Branchy, thank you so much. Nick, has anyone told you you look like Sam Hartman? John, people have told me I look like Sam Hartman. Let me see this. Let's see. We should get a picture superimposed here so I can ah. see this. I'm going to search so you can get to the next one. Sam Hartman. Is that the kid who's the Notre Dame quarterback? Yeah. Oh, shit, you really do look like this guy. Holy Again, crap. I'm going to try to pull it up for those who don't know who are watching. You can get this. I got to see if I can get there. No, this takes me to an article. There's... I got it here. You got it? Okay. Yeah. You're the one with the beard, yeah. I mean, this guy looks a lot like Nick. A little bit. I take it. I think he's a handsome man. This is me when I grow my hair out right here. A lot like Nick, besides the fact that he can't throw a football as well as Nick. Nah. <laughs> is, he, is he having a bad season, Mr. Sam Harmon? I don't really no, no, know. I'm He's probably having a fine season. I was just trying to say you're fucking... The best, Nick. But um, thank you, John Branch, for supporting the show and donating via the Super Chat. All right, Jay Ferris. Jay, thank you so much as always. He says, hey, guys, people on Twitter seem to think all first-round quarterbacks are created equal. Would mm -hmm. May or Caleb be the best quarterback prospect pre-draft in Giants history? Thanks. So if the Giants selected one of these two, would they be better than I would say it has to be what, Eli Manning? So we're yes. not going to go back to like the Fran Tarkenton days, are we? <laughs> I would say that Caleb Williams would – no, no, no. Well, it's so tough. I'm going to say – so here's – okay, I'll give you a little breakdown. So the only one to even consider for the Giants, in my opinion, is Eli Manning. You can throw in Phil Simms as well. But as far as prospect goes, I don't think Phil Simms was as good of a prospect as Eli Manning. The reason why I'm going to say neither – first of all, I'm going to start by saying this. I do believe – even though that doesn't mean they're, he's definitely going to be my QB1 in this class, Nick, that Caleb Williams is on a different tier as a prospect than Drake May from a pure talent standpoint and upside standpoint. Because and I don't need to watch that much tape to know that. I can just watch how they throw the football, and I can just watch enough NFL to know what having that kind of arm talent can do for an offensive scheme, an offensive coordinator, an offense, receivers, and an offensive line because it can get you out of a lot of trouble in muddy pockets. But – Eli Manning, Nick, and, I, and I've said this before on the podcast, for some reason, when I turn on my Samsung TV, Nick, it always defaults to the SEC network or something. This weird, like, Samsung version of an SEC network. It's not even, like, a real SEC network. Some fugazi, like, you get weird channels from a Samsung TV. People who have a Samsung Smart TV, you know what I'm talking about, all right? And it's I've seen, like, multiple old Eli games from Ole Miss. Because once it's on, Nick, and I turn my TV on, I forget what I was going to watch, and I just want to watch Eli Manning at Ole Miss because it's just fun. And his command of the line of scrimmage as a college quarterback nick was just like unheard of levels good nick he's making checks he's making yeah. audibles. he's just so far advanced from a mental standpoint coming into the nfl caleb's not there drake may's not there like so it's hard for me to call him any of these guys better than eli as a prospect because eli was so advanced mentally and eli had a very underrated arm talent eli had great velocity on his passes like People are like, oh, Daniel Jones is next Eli Manning. How? He can never be. He doesn't have the same arm talent or anywhere close. Daniel Jones doesn't throw the ball anywhere like Eli throws the football. And if you disagree with that, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're dead wrong. Go throw on the Mario Manningham pass from the Super Bowl, and Daniel Jones couldn't even dream of throwing that pass on that spot with that kind of velocity and pinpoint ball placement. He would never do it, and he can't. So don't even try to tell me he can. And so, look, as far as these guys go, I would say Caleb could be argued somewhere close nick i want to get your take on this too yeah that's just that arm, raw arm talent i would say drake may is, is not nearly as good a uh, prospect as eli manning 
yeah when you when we use terms like best and things like that like what exactly does that mean right it's yeah. it's so hard because there's so many variables that go into evaluating any position let alone a quarterback with i'll say this about caleb i haven't seen many quarterback prospects especially ones who um who are playing at this level who who make the kind of throws that he can make and, yeah. and can do the type of uh who can extend plays as well as he does and then make the type of throws that he made. I don't even think Eli Manning, well, Eli Manning didn't, he can't, yeah, he couldn't yeah. do that. So like, that's like a generational talent thing. Now there are so many other variables to playing quarterback that I haven't dug into the tape yet to see if I feel comfortable with. And, and then that's even like outside of breaking down the quarterback and getting hey, to know yeah. him and all that other stuff that Dan and I will never have access to. Right. But just judging off of traits. If we want to just from a trait based analysis, Caleb Williams does things that like shit, man, like Patrick Mahomes does. Right. And it's like, there aren't many other quarterbacks and players who can make the types of throws that he makes. So I'm not gonna say he's better, best quarterback prospect or better than Eli Manning. Cause I think that's just like weird, but that physical trait is something that you can really build around if he's a coachable individual. And if he's a smart individual and just that man, like the thought of getting that should make coaches salivate really. Yeah. I, I watched, I've watched some Drake. I watched both the games this weekend from Drake May and, and um, Caleb Williams just uh, randomly last night. And then this morning I watched Caleb Williams. Um, yeah. Like I think at this point, the giants are pretty much out of the running for Caleb Williams. Like I said, in the beginning of this, I don't listen to any of the bullshit. I think he's going to go number one overall talent like that. Doesn't go number one overall. Doesn't go number two or three or four. And I think at this point, it's just near impossible for the giants to edge the Panthers there. Now that doesn't mean they can't trade up if the Bears have a nice end to their season, um, but it's partly why at this point, like you know, it's hard for me to worry too much about it because I just don't really see the Giants getting the first pick. Now, can Drake May still be a great quarterback for the Giants potentially? And if they're out of that running, could it be someone else potentially? We don't know how they see these players. And like Nick says, the biggest problem with all of this, <laughs> and we're gonna we'll get this as we get to the draft season, Nick. But the biggest problem with all of this for me is the mere fact that we don't have that much information. We can watch their college tape, but we know that quarterback is mostly a projections based position based on traits. And we can see things and say things about what happens on their college tape. But we also know you and I, Nick, that the college game is not really anywhere near the NFL game. And so things that are open in college are not open in the NFL. And that's going to be something hard to figure out. I think from a processing standpoint, i I just feel like this position is very projection based. So I just, you know, we'll do, we'll do our best with that, but I'm going to lean heavily on traits because that's all I can lean on how traits project to the next level. That's how I feel confident. And I want to see quarterbacks, obviously, you know, navigating pockets, well, manipulating them, keeping their eyes downfield, finding space downfield with their arm and with their eyes and with their mind. But, you know, we're going to have, we're always going to be missing that one piece that Nick talks about, which is how do these guys look in front of a whiteboard? How do they sound in the meetings? How much of terminology do they know? How much can they, how fast can they process information post snap? Um, so things like a pre snap, I should say, post snap, we can maybe get a feel for. But yeah, it's a good question by you. Like, how would these two compare versus some of the other players the Giants have drafted at quarterback over the years? It's also just it seems like a different game at this point, too. The Giants have been this franchise right. that has had what they went. From Phil Sims, and then they had a couple other quarterbacks. You had the Kerry Collins years, then you had Eli Manning for so long, and then you transition from Eli Manning to Daniel Jones. And in that span of time, the game of football has changed dramatically. Oh, much so true. Yeah, you know, so true. It's, 
And and so and that's just not that's the other thing. Like Eli Manning was operating such a different offense when I watched those old miss games, Nick. It's like under center all the time. Yeah. Play action under center. Seven, these five and seven, seven, seven drops where these guys are like running back. It's like the classic old football look. Even yeah. back then, that was only like two thousand, you know, one, two, three for Eli at Ole Miss. So yeah. If you turn on a game from early in Eli Manning's career, you're gonna be like, what the this this is crazy, man. Wow. Like you see Eli doing seven step drops, the shoulder pads are so freaking large. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> just weird looking, man. It is weird looking. Gil Martinez, thank you so much, bro. Said good story for Mr. Tommy DeVito. Must be a dream for him as an undrafted free agent. He will be back up to the bench next season. Good memories, though, for him and his family. Hope to still be able to have an elite quarterback in the draft. I'm right there with you, man. This is an awesome story for Tom. Though it's even progressing, just an awesome story. He actually has an NFL win under his belt. It's something that no one could ever take away from him. He has, geez, man, more touchdown passes right now than Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor combined, which is also kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, he has six touchdown passes, right? He had one against the Raiders, two against Dallas in garbage time, and then uh, three this week. Yeah, he has six. Tyrod, I know Daniel Jones had two touchdown passes. Tyrod just had the two. He had the he had the two he played the two games and he got injured in the third game Tyrod. Uh right. yes yeah okay. yeah injured against the Jets. Yeah that was his third so he had the Buffalo game with no TDs right and then he, he should have had the Waller TD in that game but yeah you're right it looks like Tommy DeVito does have more touchdowns than all Giants quarterbacks combined. He has more touchdowns than like Kenny Pickett. He has more touchdowns than I know, like I saw some that. It's disgusting. More touchdowns than Kenny Pickett since like twenty. No, no, no. That couldn't have been a real stat. It might have just been this year. I don't think I saw some twenty twenty two, but I think Kenny had like ten last year or something. Something bad. Either way, man, it's a it's it's Very beyond nice. just a cool story. Like obviously, Tommy DeVito yeah. isn't going to be you know the long term quarterback for the New York Giants, but it's I think it's really awesome what's going on for Mister Paisan. Yeah, it's All good right. for him for sure. But just to answer your question, Gil, and thank you so much for the donation. Um, yeah, I still hope the Giants are going to be able to grab an elite quarterback in the draft as well. I think it is becoming a lot less likely with the win today. Obviously, we'll see what happens. I still think this football team has more wins in them this year, um, especially if Tyrod does come back to the lineup. And we'll see what happens on that front. With DeVito playing well, it's going to keep him in the lineup. But if DeVito starts to falter, there's only so long they can go in that locker room without having to turn back to Tyrod because the players at that point will know that you know Tyrod has will give them a better chance to win. So. We'll see what happens. I'm still thinking they can maybe win two more games here. Um, so I'm not thinking really about the draft as much at quarterback. Yeah, and there's a ton of respect in the locker room for Tyrod, too. This isn't like a backup yeah, quarterback. Exactly. Like, There's just so much respect for him that I can see them going back to Tyrod. Gil Martinez, again, thank you so much. He says, and this is something yeah. Dan and I have been talking about, start a Patreon. It's easier to give you money once a month than staying up late to catch the lives. I need sleep. I got AM workouts. Hey, oh, you and me both, Gil. That's awesome, man. Good for you to work out in the morning. You're like a young Nick Filato. You got early onset Nick Filato. <laughs> waking, up to, waking up to work out in the morning, counting your calories. Another show, no, man. The calorie counting, dude. No, I haven't. I, I don't count calories anymore, but that. Oh, no. That lifestyle, that lifestyle is wild, bro. Go to bed yeah, hungry yeah. and stuff. It just wasn't healthy. I was doing it for like you. I, you I, thought I, you were being healthy, but you just were not being healthy at all. I don't even think I thought I was being healthy. At, at so much. <laughs> it depends on my most extreme. I was like, this is not good for me. But it's just like a, I have a very obsessive personality, so yeah. I got into it. And I was like running and like four miles a day, like, which isn't oh even that God, much. I had like a minus thirty calorie deficit for the But Gil, back to what you were saying uh, on that second thing. So we are going to definitely start a Patreon, not only just because it will help you guys donate. Obviously, that's good for us. Um, but there's going to be a big 
you know, content off season as we always have it. We're, we're going to actually have different kind of draft content on the Patreon that you can only get on the Patreon. That's kind of the early plans for it. Um, I shouldn't say definitely, but it's in the, it's in the running because I know a lot of people reach out to us literally every week and be like, I can't make these YouTube lives. So, you know, but I would like to donate and support the show. So we will have another way. And that, and of course, Patreon will be, I think, better overall for everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bill Hartnett, just a hi and thank you. Appreciate you too. Bill, we always appreciate your support. Thank you, man. If you ever have a question, just throw it our way, slide into the DMs and we'll talk shop. Yep. Diego Ortiz, he says, if we beat the Patriots by Caleb and May, Diego, yeah, thank you so much for the donation. I mean, there's still, what, six games for the New York Giants left? Yeah, if the Giants beat, you get up to four wins, you need Carolina to get good all of a sudden. You need a... Yeah, they're not going anywhere. I would say Diego. I would, If I were you, uh, I would consider Caleb May of uh, Caleb Williams goodbye. We were, I don't think the Giants have yes. almost any chance to get Caleb Williams at this point. They did before this week. Um you know, they would have had to keep losing and they would have had to get Carolina to pull one out, which I thought was possible. I still think Carolina can win one game at some point. I always felt like that. But now they'd have to win two games and then the Giants would have to win a tie break. So really three games. And the Giants would have to lose, win no more themselves to get Caleb Williams. Again, I'm operating under the impression that whoever has the first pick will be taking Caleb Williams with that pick or trading it, which could obviously be, you know, that's where the Giants could potentially work themselves back in. As far as May goes, you're probably right that if they beat the Patriots, they could probably rule out Drake May as well. I agree. I will say this, and I'm just putting it out there. I don't actually believe sure. this. There are some, and I know this term gets thrown around a lot, but there are some transcendent talents in this draft class at other positions that mm -hmm. could entice some teams if they feel comfortable at the quarterback position. And sure. the one team that really kind of factors into this is Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Now, they'll have right. to pay him eventually, so I think resetting the quarterback clock is always a logical thing to do. But if he just blows up over the next six games and really like wins the locker room over and all this kind of stuff, you never know. They add yeah. Marvin Harrison. They have two of the picks, so that means maybe the Giants could talk trade with them. They could trade back at more picks right. in the future. There's just scenarios where the Giants may still have access to those two quarterbacks. Sure. It seems more unlikely if they win games, obviously, but it's not the craziest thing in the world. It would be via the trade-up, though, as Nick described it. I don't think it would be for Caleb. You know, Absolutely. For Caleb, for sure. Even for May, if they win this game against the Patriots and they get to four wins, the Patriots are you know lowering their wins. I think that would probably pull them out as I have trades. And it will also kind of just be interesting to see, like, it, you know, it would have been nice if it started this week with the Bears on. They they really should have won that game against the Lions. They've just played so poorly down the stretch. They were up multiple scores. Would have been huge for the Giants to get a Bears win today for multitude of reasons, not just for the draft position immediately, but for what Nick said, build that confidence with Justin Fields so they don't feel like they need to draft a quarterback and it you know it takes one fewer team out of it. But you know, it is what it is at this point. I I you know Nick, I thought. I'd be sadder about what these things, but like it is, I've been through so much with the giants yeah. at this point. I'm like losing my ability to get sad about this team. I'm just relegated to this, this life. And I hope it will at some point change for the giants. Uh, and they'll finally, I hope at some point, Nick, listen, man, I hope at some point I can watch good quarterback play and good offensive line play. I'm not asking for much. I'm asking for two things. I'll take a horrible defense at this point. If I could get those two things, I don't want a horrible defense for forever, but I'll take a start a, a year or two of horrible defense. I just want to get to a point where I'm watching good quarterback play and good offensive line play for this team. And I, I don't know the path toward it right now, but you know, hopefully I can watch that in my lifetime. That and I just want the talent to be maximized, right? Because I don't think the talent yes. has been maximized right now, specifically on the offensive specifically line. Specifically, the wide receiver talent has not been maximized at all this year. That, But that's a product, to me, of, of the quarterback position, 
right? Yeah, I'm looking more so at the offensive line. Sure. And I'm like, Evan Neal, there's more talent in there. Than what there's more seeing. talent in there. Individual players-wise, is that your, yes. your, what you're talking about? I understand now. Yep. Yes, and that could be – you could look at coaching for that and read into sure. it as you D-Kit, thank you as always. Our guy, D-Kit, making a donation so you can improve the technology. What's well, wisely? Oh, use the oh oh to, for the technology. What's wrong with the tech, D kid? I mean, today's a bad day. I'm on a bad mic. Nick's on a bad mic, and mid show I changed to a good mic, which is never a great sign. So I apologize to use you, you those of you who uh, put your uh, sound to a certain level to uh, expectation for bad mic, and then you got good mic mid show. But I just think overall it's better to have good mic. So I just went that direction. But yeah, we'll use it wisely. Thank you. Uh, another zero catches today for Hyatt. That's not true. Hyatt had a catch. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he had a catch for seven or eight yards. Yeah, catch. nice little curl. Um, Ojolari MIA today, too. Dekit says that one probably more. So, I mean, we'll look at the tape and we'll see. Um, lastly, he says, I'd rather be a Giant fan than a Commanders fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's yeah. a given. I mean, moving forward, it's I don't know if it's as much of a given moving forward, Nick. As from our fan standpoint in the bubble, I'm sure, yeah, I feel that way. But, you know, Snyder days are over. They have new ownership. They got a lot of money in there. And there's a there's a different history between the Giants and Washington has some Super Bowls. Sure. And, no, know, no, 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 no. Historically, for sure. I mean, I'd rather be a Giants fan than any team because I was born a Giants fan. This is my all I know. It was born in this. This is my. Uh, I was you were only I know this. I was born in the madness. That's my that's my bane. You like that bane? You know that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, see, that wasn't yeah. that bad. I was that wasn't that bad. Madness. But, um, you know, that, as far as it goes moving God. forward, it's open-ended to me as far as who's going to be happier as fan base moving forward. Whoever gets the quarterback first to me is the team that's going to be happier uh, as a fan base, Washington or New York. And you know they're in the mix for it. They've won a lot of games, though. Um, So I do think they're going to move forward with Howell for at least next year. He's 500K against the cap or 800K against the cap. He costs literally nothing for them. Uh, yeah, Bro, go ahead. Am I crazy, though? Watching Sam Howell, and I know he makes some dumb mistakes, has a lot of good against oh, yeah. the Giants. Bro, he makes some throws where I'm like, damn. Yeah, I know. Like, he has crazy arm talent type throws. Crazy arm talent. This is what I said when I when I scouted him out of UNC. And he fell to the fifth round. I'm like, people with this kind of arm talent don't belong in the fifth round. People have started this many games at the collegiate level and won a lot of games don't belong in the fifth round. The NFL made no sense letting that dude fall to the fifth round. And if the Giants had him right now, they'd be in a better spot too, right? Like then, then you know, they wouldn't have had to start all those games with DeVito or whatever. But I know DeVito had a good game today. But, you know, it's just interesting letting some guys like that fall, uh, you know. And it also is – but obviously there's a lot of flaws with Sam Howell, which is why he fell to the fifth round, which is why Wink Barndale can dominate in a game in a game like this. Though it is weird watching him, like, torch the Eagles twice and then have no answer for Wink Martindale's defense. She's like, what is going on in football? And then I watched that, like, comeback drive he had – the, the game before this against Seattle, I know they lost in overtime after that, but like drove him all the way down the field through a game winning touchdown to Deami Brown. And it's like, then I watch him a week later against the Giants and he friend is just like throwing the stupidest interceptions and taking crazy amounts of sacks. But styles make fights, man. Styles yep. make fights. Gil, thank you again, man. Says, love seeing the Slayton ball. Same. Same. He's the most consistent pass catcher for seasons now. Would love to keep him with an elite quarterback or consistent one. I would love to see. This is one of my biggest takes, Nick. I've always said I'd love to see Slayton with good quarterback play. I feel like Darius. Yeah, he might be hurt, by the way, for now. But I just feel like Darius Slayton with good quarterback play or great quarterback play would look so 
so different and people would have such a different opinion of what he is on the franchise and on the roster with somebody who can get him the football more consistently and throw with better velocity and ball placement and into those windows and, you know, do all the things that great quarterbacks can do. He's one of those guys that I just feel would immediately people would change their perception on him. That explosiveness, you saw it too on the touchdown pass. Yep. Like that was a play action. He ran the deep over route, caught it. And the ball wasn't perfectly placed, but he caught nope. the pass. He had one safety. He was like looking right at him. So all he did was stutter step. The safety just dropped his weight. So and nice. Like, boom, exploded right past him. He's like, so interesting in the open field. He has juice. Like I was very happy they resigned him. And one day I hope to see him with, with, a, with a good quarterback play. I'm right there with you, man. John Fuller, thank you so much. John says, morning, fellas. Nick, that beard is majestic. Thank you so much, John. Hope the move went morning. well. What yeah. time is it for you? Oh, you might be overseas in the UK. I mean, it's morning here for us, bro. It's 102 in the morning. I don't know why, but I feel like this guy is a nah, trying to do an English accent. Like <laughs> Dude, doing this live is so bold, bro. But I, I really do like give you credit. Dude. I think some cojones, I feel like bro. he's from British Britain. Uh, he, I don't know. he might be. But John. Thank you so much for the comment. Says, I hope the move went well. It's still middle of the night. Oh, it's still the middle of the night. Yeah, I didn't even read that. All right. Sorry, John. So we'll catch the pod later. Much love. The move did go well. I am back in New Jersey right now. Interesting stories from that move moving across the country with a two year old bulldog. But you know what? We're here. We made it. So it's fun. Okay. Ian Ernest, thank you so much. Ian says, Hey, fellas, longtime viewer, first time donator. Thank you, Ian. Thank you so much for viewing our stuff, and thank you so much for doing it. No, it's early, but how do you view the other prospects at quarterback? Penix, McCarthy. So it is early. I'll say this about Michael Penix. Every time I turn on Washington, this guy has some wild accuracy, but like in a good way. Like He is a very accurate quarterback, and I don't see him often under pressure. I feel like he handles the pressure very well, handles the pocket very well, and knows – when to get rid of the football? Like his internal clock is is something that I admire. And again, have not dove in deep into the film. This is just me watching on Saturdays. Yeah. That's something that has really stuck out to me about Penix McCarthy. Man, I just got to watch more Michigan football. Like I I always had the impression that Michigan was much more of a run oriented team. That's what I always thought of McCarthy as well. And then this season, I hear him being talked about in the first round, and I just haven't seen much Michigan football. But next week's Michigan Ohio State, bet your ass, I'll be watching that game. Yeah, I'll be watching that too. Um, Ian, thank you so much as a longtime viewer, first time donator for donating. Uh, I haven't seen too much of these two quarterbacks. I did watch Washington versus Oregon State this past weekend at night, last night, I should say. So I did finally get my first viewing of of Penix. Um, it wasn't his best game, I don't think, by any means. They had a really good game plan, Oregon State. It was a tough matchup. I'll have to see more of Penix. He does things I like, which is I've always said this should be done more at the NFL level, but throw the freaking football out, get it out of your hand and put it on the outside and let your receivers make plays in 50, 50 spots, which he does all the time on the back shoulder. And just that's my opinion. Half of the game is just having aggression as a quarterback and trying to make plays instead of just, you know, what'd you say? It's being decisive too. just being decisive with the football, but like, not like here, I'm going to throw the six yard backside dig. I'm decisive on that. Like, and get my guy killed, throwing him into, into a tackle. It's like, how about outside the numbers? How about something downfield that could mean something? And Penix does that. And he throws the ball to good ball placement. I do also wonder how much that, like, I'll just, I'll, I'll simplify it like this, Ian, some quarterbacks I watch and I think, wow, that looks good for the college level. And wow, that looks good for a game that's very different than the NFL game. Some quarterbacks I watch and I think, wow, that could potentially translate to the next level. 
I think my early lean on Penix is more toward the wow that looks good at the college level than the wow it's definitely going to translate. As far as McCarthy goes, I haven't seen much of him this year. I watched the Penn State game, which was odd because they didn't throw the ball at all in that game, Michigan. Mm. Um, and I mean at all in that game. Some people think that doesn't matter. Some people do think it matters. I tend to lean toward doesn't probably matter, but it's not reassuring for a potential, you know, guy who you're thinking about making your franchise quarterback and using a maybe a first round pick on him that the offense isn't running through him. Um, so it's just something from one game. But you know, we got a long way to go, Nick and I. We're gonna have a lot of tape to watch on these guys. Absolutely. And uh that's uh those two are the those two and then the kid from LSU, Jane Daniels, are like the, the three quarterbacks I'm really going to focus and Bo Nix, the four quarterbacks I'm going to focus in on probably you, relatively soon. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. it's it's a time, and I, I I'll tell you from the early onset look of it, Nick, Jaden is the one who excites me the most. Of the Giants yeah. have a chance of the first two. I'll just be yeah. honest. I I'm a traits guy. It's just how it is, and those traits to me. Speaking of what I was saying before, those traits to me seem on the surface at least like they have a better, much better chance to translate maybe than Penix traits. I haven't watched Knicks though, and all that dude is, does is like put up numbers. So I don't. He must be doing something right down there. The dude had like more touchdowns and incomplete passes this week, Bo Nix. He had six TDs and like went twenty three of twenty seven or some absurd number in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Ferris says Bonix is Dan's age. I wish I was that age. Uh, Jay Ferris, Nick is not younger than me, so I took that as a bit of a slight. To I, really I am younger than not you, by but... any, not by anything that matters, like by days or years or something. It's like a half a month. It's, a half, it's like five months, but 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 anyway, you're you're born in April. I'm born in January. I'm not born in April. This guy doesn't even know when I'm born. You're born in May. Yeah, May. I'm sorry, April, May, whatever. They're they're, they're both like draft season to me. Uh huh. You have uh -huh. Daniel Jones' birthday. I know uh -huh. that. I do have the same birthday as Daniel Jones, which I thought at the time was a sign that it was meant to be. That <laughs> That is no longer uh, what I think, unfortunately. Damn, dude. That's when they drafted him. It's like, yeah, I kind of had a shitty draft grade on him in my head. And I was like, but he's born on May 27th. This when did you learn that? When, when did you yeah. learn that he had your birthday? I think I learned it like the night of because for 24-7 yeah. sports when I used to work with them. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I was working with them at the time that he was drafted. It was like, that was like a big blue view type of site where like you had to just like, like 17 articles on one thing. Like, it's just like, you know, it goes like grind out every, every ounce of juice from this news story, from this, from whatever this is, like take every juice of content out of it. But yeah, we don't do that. A big blue view. We have great content. Uh, you have great content. It didn't mean it like that, but you do cover Not everything either. possible at big blue view. It's like one of those types of sites. Oh yeah, man. They're pretty comprehensive. LL Cool John, thank you so much. 299 Super Sticker. Super stickers are pretty fun, and we really appreciate that. LL Cool John. So we yeah, are done with supers. Dan, do we have anything else that we want to touch before we get at it? I'm so for the first time in almost all season, I'm really excited to get into the offensive all 22. That's the other, you know, that's the other <laughs> look. There are some long-term repercussions to this win today, but from a short-term standpoint, Nick, that's the other thing. Selfishly speaking, we actually have to get to enjoy watching the All-22 this week. So from a selfish standpoint, like I am actually happy, Nick, that I don't have to do what we've done the last couple of weeks because that was not fun to watch what the Giants put on tape the last two weeks on offense. This is going to be interesting to watch, honestly. 
Yo, did I see a screen pass that actually no. went to positive yards no. in this game? How they the finally hell figured out how to run a screen. It took years of my life, but yeah. really since the Tiki day, I haven't felt comfortable with it. Rashad Jennings had a few decent ones mixed in there, but but yeah, they, they finally figured out how to get some yards, positive yards going on a screen. It might be that Pew JMS thing, because I'm telling you, that adjustment that they made with Pew and JMS on the on the double pullers, the G lead, yeah. really sparked the rushing attack. We'll that show up on tape, then, if that's the case. It'll definitely show up on tomorrow's tape. Yeah, man, we'll check that out. Yep, for sure. So more takeaways coming on the tape. Thank you to everybody for tuning into Big Blue Banter Podcast. Remember, keep it locked and loaded with us early in the week for film reviews, later in the week for other kinds of content. You can find us on YouTube where you might be watching now. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Type in Big Blue Banter. Make sure you subscribe. Set yourself up for auto-download, even if you have to delete right after. Don't want storage on your phone. I understand, but please make sure you download. Please make sure you hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe. These are the only things we ask of you, but we will ask them. So thanks again. Have a great rest of your night, and we will talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.